0: Another complete team collapse. This time it occurred late in the game where the Eagles could not get anything going in the final 15 minutes of the game. Questionable decision-making. Questionable defensive play. And old flaws resurfacing resulted in the Eagles dropping a heartbreaker at the buzzer. And the Eagles fall to 10-4. and four and are effectively out of the running for the top seed in the NFC. Welcome to the Birds in this podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for joining us. Philadelphia Eagles dropping a heartbreaker to the Seattle Seahawks by a final score of 20-17. to 17. And listen, coming into this game, the Eagles had such high hopes, and Eagles fans had such high hopes, that the Eagles were going to be able to right the ship, and were going to be able to rebound off of A two-game losing streak to really, really dominant teams against the San Francisco 49ers and against the Dallas Cowboys, who are division rival. And the Eagles came out and for much of the game actually were the better team. And that is the biggest frustration surrounding this game because the Eagles were playing really, really good football through the first three quarters of this game. The Philadelphia Eagles came out and on their opening drive were able to march down the field and score a touchdown and were able to take the early lead. And the Eagles actually held the lead going into halftime, which the Eagles haven't done in the last six games that they've played. They've played from behind in all of these games. So the Eagles were able to move the ball down the field, score a touchdown and then the Eagles defense came out and did something that they haven't done a lot of really at all this season and that is force a three and out for the beginning of this game and for much of this game it looked like the Eagles were starting to turn around and were starting to really really perform well the Eagles second offensive drive was a three and out and then the Eagles were able to get another big third down stop on the Seattle Seahawks that forced the Seattle Seahawks to have no points at all during the first quarter. Then the Eagles marched down the field, and it was an eight-minute drive, and it was a dominating eight-minute drive, and the Eagles were able to go down the field. They were only able to get a field goal out of that. They were not able to seal the deal, unfortunately, due to a critical false start error that Jason Kelsey committed, but it was a dominating drive that took so much time off of the clock. The Eagles were dominant in the time of possession game throughout most of the game, throughout the entirety of the game, actually. The Eagles won the time of possession battle, holding the ball for 32 minutes over the course of the game. And they were incredibly dominant in the first half in that regard, holding the ball for 18 minutes to the Seattle Seahawks' 10. The Seahawks were unable to put points on the board until late in the second quarter, where they were able to put a field goal up. Then the third quarter came about and the Seattle offense was able to start getting the ball moving a little bit more, but the Eagles were also able to move the ball down the field quite effectively. Both teams traded touchdowns in the third quarter. This game moved by pretty quickly through the first three quarters of the game, but ultimately at the end of the day, the Eagles defense, when we got into the fourth quarter, the Eagles defense just simply could not produce. They could not come up with those big stops. The Seattle Seahawks were 6-14 for on third downs. That is 43%. That's slightly better than the Eagles' average going into this game of 48.07. But one important thing to note is that the Seattle Seahawks were very close to perfect when it was third down and long. Third down and 10 or more yards. The only one that I can think of that they missed was one that occurred deep into the second quarter. But then what happened in the fourth quarter? Well... The Eagles got the ball, and the Eagles were still able to drive. The Eagles did a really good job overall of moving the football, but when the Eagles got the ball in their drives in the fourth quarter, their very first drive in the fourth quarter ended with Jalen Hurts throwing a deep bomb that he didn't have to throw to Quez Watkins, and safety Julian Love was able to come in and was able to undercut the route and was able to come away with an interception in the end zone. The thing here with that is that the Eagles didn't have to go for it all there. And that's one of the big question marks that I had. It left me scratching my head as I watched that play because Jalen Hurts did not have to make that throw. He did not have to throw the ball down the field. He did not have to throw a deep bomb to the end zone. There were eight minutes left. It was first and 10 The Eagles had already demonstrated earlier in the game that they could run an eight-minute drive and drain the clock and score. And the Eagles, again, it was first and ten, so it's not like they were playing from behind, and it's not like they were playing with any particular kind of need for urgency. They were playing from ahead. At that point in time, the Seattle Seahawks only had one timeout left in the game. Now, on the whole tonight, Jalen Hurts was kind of meh. He was 17 for 31. That's a 54.8% completion rating for 143 yards. He was not sacked at all, and so those stats in general, they weren't great, but in general, those stats should be enough to allow the offense to be able to do work and allow the defense to be able to keep you in the game. Unfortunately, the stats that killed Jalen Hurts were the turnovers. Again, Jalen Hurts threw the one interception at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And the Seahawks, they were able to get some drives going and they were able to get some late scores that were putting them ahead. The Eagles had an opportunity at the very, very end of the game to march down the field and take the lead. They had all three timeouts with about 20-ish seconds left on the clock. And what happens? Jalen Hurts looking for A.J. Brown on the sideline throws into double coverage, and it's picked off. And that is the second interception, and that is the interception that ends the game. So this was an absolutely frustrating, head-scratching kind of way to end the game because the first interception, nobody had any business throwing that football. The second interception, if A.J. Brown's in double coverage, there's got to be somebody else open, or you just take off yourself. Again, you've got all three timeouts. There's no reason why you have to throw that kind of a football. Now, one of the things I was very pleased with was the play calling when it came to running the football, when it came to the mixture of running and passing the football. Jalen Hurts only threw the ball 31 times. The Eagles ran the ball 37 times, 38 if you count a little backwards lateral that Jalen Hurts threw to Dallas Goddard that resulted in a one-yard pickup. Jalen Hurts ran 13 times for 82 yards. DeAndre Swift ran 18 times for 74 yards. So those two guys had the bulk of the run game. Kenny Gainwell got in the mix later in the game, six carries for 21 yards. So there was a lot of run mixture. And when it came to the Eagles offense, the Eagles offense, especially in the passing game, was able to get a number of folks mixed in there. A.J. Brown, certainly the leading target. He was targeted 10 times. He had five catches for 56 yards. Devontae Smith, five catches on five targets for 50 yards. Dallas Goddard, four catches on nine targets for 30 yards. But you also had targets to Julio Jones, to DeAndre Swift, Kenny Gainwell, Quez Watkins. So there was a good mixture of stuff. But unfortunately, it was those late-game errors that resulted in the Eagles dropping this one and resulted in the Seahawks being able to stay in it. Now again, the Eagles' defense was playing decently well during the first stretch of the game, but when it came down to the very end and when it came down to the Eagles needing the defense to step up the most, they weren't able to do it. The Seattle Seahawks finished the night, as I alluded to, 6-for-14 on third down conversions. That's a 43% conversion rate. A little bit better than what the Eagles have been giving up in the past. The Eagles' run defense also gave up in the first half just 26 rushing yards. And that was a huge boon for an Eagles defense that had been giving up 60, 70 rushing yards in the first half alone. Now, the Eagles did make a major change on defense. They did slot Nat Patricia in as the play caller. And you could tell that certain things were happening. Again, early in the game, the Eagles were able to get third down stops. They didn't seem to be able to do that under Sean Desai. And whether or not it was a shot in the arm for the defense, or whether or not it was a real move to try to move Sean Desai out, whatever shot in the arm the Eagles got from this administrative, this coaching shakeup here, it didn't last very long. Unfortunately, again, late in the game, and especially in the second half, the Eagles gave up 74 more rushing yards, so the Eagles gave up another 100-plus-yard rushing game this week. And again, if you look at most statistics throughout the course of this game, even if you look at the end-of-game statistics, the Eagles on paper were the better team. The Eagles had 178 rushing yards. They had 321 total yards compared to the Seattle Seahawks' 100 rushing yards and 297 total offensive yards. Most of the Seattle Seahawks offensive yards came through the passing game, one area where the Seahawks were a little bit better. The Seahawks did not start Geno Smith. Instead, they started Drew Locke, Geno Smith dealing with a groin injury. So Drew Locke came in. He was 22 for 33 for 208 yards and a touchdown in the passing game. The Eagles offense was better on third downs. The Eagles had a 56% third down conversion rate compared to the Seahawks 43%. The Eagles were better in the red zone. They were 2-for-3 for for 67% compared to the Seahawks 0-for-2 in the red zone. The Eagles were better in goal-to-go situations. They were 2-for-2. So this game really boiled down to the questionable decision-making that occurred during the course of those two interceptions. And it boiled down to the Eagles' defense not being able to get off of the field and giving up, once again, third down and long they were giving up third down and 10 plus at points in the fourth quarter and they were giving them up with ease now one good thing about the eagles defense is the fact that they were able to get to drew lock a couple of times during the game they were able to sack him twice and on the whole dk metcalf who has been a pretty dominant threat for the seahawks when the seahawks have faced off against the eagles in previous matchups was a relative non-factor for most of the game. He had five catches for 78 yards, which pales in comparison to other statistics that he's had going back in the game. He was the leading receiver, but there were other receivers that were mixed in that were able to have some pretty solid performances. Jackson Smith and Jigba, four catches for 48 yards. He also had Kenneth Walker, who had three catches for 26 yards. And Tyler Lockett, three catches for 21 yards. So these guys were getting mixed in there, but they were really not able to match the production that DK Metcalf has historically provided. But the deciding point of the game really was the fourth quarter. Again, the Eagles, just simply put, decided not to show up during that. The Eagles defense gave up 115 yards in the fourth quarter alone. 105 of those came through the air. And while the Seattle Seahawks were 2-for-5 on 3rd down conversions in the 4th quarter, both of the 3rd downs that they converted were 3rd and long situations. The Eagles' defense is, theoretically, if you're following the school of Vic Fangio, which was leading up to this game, how the Eagles' defense was structured, the Eagles' defense is structured so as to not give up the big play. But if you're giving up 3rd and 10, or 3rd and longer than 10, That's a big play, and it's very difficult to win games when you're giving those up. So where does this loss leave the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, in spite of this loss, the Eagles did make the playoffs. There were a smattering of losses by competitors in the NFC that allowed the Eagles to clinch a playoff spot on Sunday before this game. But the Eagles, who had an opportunity coming into this game with the loss by the Dallas Cowboys to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, to recapture control of the NFC East title, instead remain at the number five seed. Now, there will be other opportunities to do that later on in this season. If the Eagles win out and the Cowboys lose a game or two, the Eagles could be right back in that number two spot. But this is where it starts to get into the frustration here because I am sick and tired of watching this team give games away to opponents when they are better than them, when they are decidedly better than them. It's what happened against the Jets. It's what happened tonight, at least on paper. But we don't play games on paper. We play games on a field. And the Eagles team needs to show up in the field for 60 minutes of gameplay. And they haven't. They very simply put, have not. The closest they've come to showing up for a full 60 minutes of gameplay was the Miami Dolphins game, arguably their most complete game. This game had the potential to be a complete game, but in the fourth quarter, the lackluster play that was so characteristic of the Eagles coming off of the bye, and especially during their losses to the 49ers and the Cowboys, reared its ugly head again. And this is simply put, unacceptable behavior. And the Eagles cannot expect this level of performance to sustain them throughout any length of a playoff run. So the Eagles coming home for a couple of games, they will play on Christmas Day against the New York Giants. And then they will play on New Year's Eve against the Arizona Cardinals before they head back up to MetLife Stadium to face off against the New York Giants again. And then it'll be time for the postseason. And it's hard to believe that the regular season's almost over because this team still seems to be struggling to find out who it is. So let me know what you think in the comments below. What are your thoughts about this game? Where do you think the Eagles need the most improvement? Let me know. And thank you so much to everybody for tuning in to the Bird's Nest podcast. You can support the Bird's Nest podcast by liking and subscribing to Bird's Nest Media right here on YouTube, as well as by sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. Please visit birdsnestmedia.com for additional Eagles coverage, and if you feel so inclined to support us in a different way, you can find the link to our Patreon either in the description below or at birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles! (laughs)